Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez, I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. Welcome back, everybody, to the Christmas episode of the Aviation Mentors Podcast. You should be hearing this on December 22nd, 2023. And if you're listening to it after that, well, Merry Christmas to you on whatever time of the year you are listening. And thank you for uh, giving this a, uh, a listen today. We're going to talk about quite a few things. Some are going to involve Santa Claus because we all know he lives in the North Pole and he's going to be uh, delivering some presents this Christmas time. Carson, what do you think about that? Are you excited for Santa to come? Yeah, I heard this is the first year I don't get cold, so I'm really excited about it. No, not true. I talked to him last week and I told him definitely needs to give you some coal. But I've actually requested coal, by the way, because there's now this thing that you can like go and they can turn it into diamonds. You know how much coal that probably, you know, you actually, you do deserve enough. That'll it'll be perfect for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So today we're going to talk about uh, Christmas things, everything from Santa to winter weather to, uh, to something on a, on an app that we all use, uh, that is absolutely a blast to see every Christmas. And, uh, if you don't want to know about that, once we get to that part and we mention that app, just stop listening. That way you can be surprised by it on Christmas day. But if you'd like to know about it, we're going to tell you about it because it's a lot of fun. So, Carson, what are we starting off with today? All right, uh, let's talk about the impact of winter weather on aviation. So, winter weather, at least in Southern California for the last, I don't know, two, three weeks has been 70s and 60s, but I know a lot of the country does not have that same kind of uh, blessing that we have with our weather. So, winter weather for us doesn't impact that much. Brandon, you've flown all over. How have you seen winter weather impacting other states? Well, I mentioned when I went up to uh, pick up Five Zero Whiskey Airplane, how there was ice all over the wings on a few episodes ago. So that was a big one, right? And that was just ice from outside that, I mean, it rained and it got cold and there was ice all over the entire airplane. And when I did my CFI check ride, there was ice on the windshield and I had to thaw it out. So that's just something small, but it also affects us in other ways. I mean, icing affects us pretty badly, especially if we're, we're flying IFR, right? And de-icing at the airlines. Nowadays, if there was some snow or some ice that formed on the outside of the aircraft overnight, you may notice that if you're in a commercial airliner, they're going to bring you to a de-icing area and they're going to spray down your entire aircraft with a mixture of glycol or something else. And they're going to get rid of that ice and they're going to spray it at the airplane pretty hard, actually. I've been in one of those de-icing situations several times. And if they don't take off pretty quickly, they ice can form again. So sometimes you have to de-ice, I don't know, a couple times before you can even depart. So that is a big issue. Also, some reduced visibility and more clouds at the flight level, right? Yeah, uh, I have a quick question. You, know, you mentioned de-icing. Is de-icing an option for smaller aircraft? Yeah, it's called scraping off the ice with your credit card, Carson. Exactly. And I remember all throughout my training, I think I mentioned this in our last episode, we talked about, about how cold it got. I was at the airport at five o'clock for my six o'clock flight just to scrape off the ice and the, the frost that developed. So that's a huge impact, especially as a you know, private pilot without an instrument rating. It's a little bit less fun in the winter when you have to go fly. You got to dress warmer, you have to be warmer, and you have to get to the airport a little bit early if you don't have a heated hangar or if your plane's just outside on the ramp. It's not as fun. Yeah, and you should also hope that your heater is not in off in your airplane. I mean, that's also a big one. Make sure that heater is working in that airplane. I think that should definitely be part of your either your pre-flight or your pre-takeoff. Make sure that heater is working. There's a lot of those Janitrol heaters and a lot of older twins that even have ADs. So a lot of people just disconnect them indefinitely 
or pull them out. So you got to be careful if you're flying an older aircraft that might have had that AD and couldn't comply with it properly and like pulled out the entire system. That's plausible. So keep that in mind. Outside of that, we've got to move quite a bit of stuff uh, around the country. I mean, there's a lot of people that help Santa Claus uh, bring these packages to him and to all the parents are out there, right? So how does that happen, Carson? That happens through air cargo. Uh, air cargo is arguably uh, one of the best options for commercial pilots. And that is you know, as far as commercial aviation, not just uh, general aviation. But a lot of people like to go and fly cargo because they say boxes can't complain. Uh, and they, these pilots become cargo pilots and they typically fly a little bit weirder hours and have really long haul flights or, you know, going across the country to get those packages to wherever they need to be at. But all through air cargo, super important and a huge part of our system that you know our whole country runs on, really. Yeah, and they uh, they affectionately go by the name Freight Dogs. Well, there's even some uh, some Facebook groups that you can go go into, and you'll see them, and you'll get kicked out if you are if you're if you're fake. It's pretty. If funny. you're discovered, <laughs> you're discovered. Yeah, but these uh, guys and girls, they uh, they're they're working their tails off, especially around this time of year. Typically, I mean, think about it this way: I just sent something to Florida overnighted the other day. Uh, maybe two weeks ago when I was closing on my new house and I had to send it and it was there in less than 24 hours. I mean, you can't drive across the country in 24 hours. It wasn't, they weren't like picking it up directly from me and a courier is bringing it. They literally had to go through like 10 different points to get there before it got to the location. And it was dropped off at, I don't know, like 7 a.m. Eastern time or something. So like 4 a.m. our time, and I sent it at like 4 p.m. my time. So I guess it's like 12 hours it got there, which is incredible. I mean, that means that these people are transporting this stuff all at night. I mean, that's what freight does. That's how our Christmas packages are getting to us. That's how Amazon is moving so much. I don't know if you've gone by a lot of uh, large airports lately, Carson, but a lot of these airports are turning into giant hubs, not just for major airlines, but for Amazon and for UPS and FedEx. But but really, you see Amazon's footprint. I know Amazon's taken over Lakeland, Florida, which is where Sun and Fun's at. They have a giant facility there. It's absolutely huge. They've also started to take over uh, San Bernardino Airport, where we're at in Southern California. And I bet you they're probably doing the same thing all over the country. Well, it's funny you mentioned uh, Amazon Lakeland Airport, because I remember during the air show at night, as soon as it was over, those Amazon planes started taking to the taking to the taxiway and runway and those those planes were off they were ready to go uh, and those planes fly in year round and just stop as as much as they need to for sun fun so you can imagine how much they're flying all year into every airport and like you said every hub by the way at, at uh, lakeland airport we're talking about the big airplanes i don't know what kind of airplanes they use but big ones right like jetliners and they also have little commuter airplanes that bring them to small airports and small communities. So I know that like my aunt, she lives in uh, central California, but kind of in a rural area where she doesn't even get USPS mail to her house. Like she has got to go to the post office to get her mail. And now Amazon delivers to her doorstep. It's, it's not same day, next day or two day shipping anymore. It's more like once a week or four or five days later, uh, they bring it, but still, she lives in a pretty rural area in California, and she still gets Amazon packages relatively quick. And this is all because of their air transport system they've created. It's insane how big it is. So it's pretty fantastic. Yeah, their entire distribution system is is incredible. Um, 
And, you know, even if they're not able to do it, they'll find someone that can. I got a couple of Amazon packages delivered by USPS. And these everyone's just flying nonstop. It's crazy. Uh, but cargo isn't the only thing that's flying nonstop. There's a lot of passengers that are constantly flying. And especially around the holidays, it gets so much busier. Everyone wants to go see family. It's, it's the holidays. That's the time to be around your family. And everyone's trying to do that. And a lot of people have family across the country, different states, um, different countries altogether. Brand, how does that impact everyone else that's flying with this many people all at once trying to get somewhere? Well, it doesn't impact general aviation that much uh, unless you want to fly IFR. If you're trying to fly IFR somewhere, you're not going to be able to pick up clearance very easily. Uh, if you want to uh, get flight following somewhere, also not as easy to, uh, to get into certain airports. And I've never tried flying right around the Christmas time going into a major airport, but I know that whenever I've gone to, say, McCarran Airport in Vegas, it's a large international airport, it's notoriously difficult to get in there as GA. So I bet you around this time, Christmas time, probably literally impossible, uh, they won't give you, give you a slot just because there's so many airplanes flying. Uh, but I actually looked up some, uh, some data on pre-Christmas uh, travel on the worst days to actually fly. And 2019 was the worst out of the last four years. Um, uh, and the date that it was terrible was Friday, December 20th. So even five days before Christmas time. Uh, I'm guessing that's because most people had off later, later in that week. I mean, Friday was the 20th. Then that means the 23rd would be Monday and Christmas is on a Wednesday. So I guess that makes sense. But there's other days that in uh, COVID year 2020, it was down to 1.1 million. So it was less than half, almost a third. And then in 2021, it jumped up on December 20, 23rd as well, which is a Thursday, to 2.187 million travelers through TSA checkpoints. And then in 2022, it ticked up a little bit more, another 200,000 people uh, on December 21st, which is a Wednesday, uh, 2.416 million people. And I can't find any exact data right now because obviously right around the time that they start tracking all this but uh, i came home yesterday on from florida and i came home and i'll tell you this it was packed um every plane we were on was packed everybody everything was getting delayed it was absolutely certifiably insane uh so if uh, 2.4 million people traveled last year i'm just guessing that we are going to uh to go back to pre-covid levels this year I'm guessing that we will hit at least 2.6, if not 2.7 or 2.8 million people traveling this year um, for Christmas, for pre-Christmas travel. It's absolutely crazy. It is. And 2.6 is a, is a pretty good number as well, um, especially for, for anyone really to hit. But for our country to hit 2.6 million people traveling is just insane, uh, especially because the last couple of years it hasn't been near 2.6. But I agree. I've seen a lot of people that are just planning and trying to get there. Um, so I think we're going to hit 2.6. I think so. I mean, we've hit it before, Carson. We'll hit it again. So I'm actually traveling the day after Christmas on uh, December 26th to go back to my house in Florida. Uh, I'm going with my mom in Austin. And uh, we're going to go check out the sites and take a, a mini vacation and, uh, and get some more furniture over there because I ran out of time last week when I was there. And I'm curious how busy it's going to be. I'm regretting flying out of LAX. I'll tell you that for sure. <laughs> I'm not going to enjoy that whatsoever. I did pick a really late flight, and I think we're doing a, a red eye just on purpose, so we don't have to deal with it. But that's either good or it's bad. Either we're going to be absolutely swamped uh, with a lot of people, or there's going to be nobody. I'll, I'll let you know how that goes next week when I when I get there. I think I'm recording a, an episode there remotely, so 
we'll talk about that and and uh maybe we'll get gustavo over here he's the head of uh head of uh, relationships for flight school relations at stratus i think it'd be cool to have him on here i don't think he's been on here yet and he's also a private pilot but he's not super current like you carson he's not super current but i think i actually did a couple episodes um with some flight schools yeah at least a few months back absolutely but it'd be fun to have him on there so the next thing we want to talk about is that thing where I said you get a pause for the next three minutes um, if you don't want to know about it. And that's something that ForeFlight does every year around Christmas. Not around Christmas time, but December 24th and 25th. So two days a year. And I first noticed it, I don't know, whenever they started doing it, three, four years ago. And it was absolutely amazing to see. Carson, do you remember what that was? I do. And it's, uh, it's Christmas Notums. So every airport, or at least most airports, are going to have them. Um, and you can just go around and start clicking on weather, then METAR. Um, and NTAF. it's going to show up. NTAF, you're right. But I'm, I'm just thinking about how to get there. You're going to click on just local weather and then METAR. And it's going to show you a list of your, your local airports and nearby weather. And you're going to see in red writing, um, usually underneath where it has the wind, it's going to show you some super funny messages and um let me share just a couple of my few it's rudolph nose advised during low viz jingle bell noise abatement procedure in effect caution winter wonderland ahead uh cold in the vicinity so these things these are really funny um and i i just i love waking up christmas day and go and check them out because they're always different every year and some are funnier than others but it's really funny to go make a list and, and go show them to your friends and family that aren't pilots. Like, look, pilots have a fantastic sense of humor <laughs> and just, and just go through all of them. Um, it's just, it's fun. It's a cool little thing that they do. I actually have a few that are my favorites. Uh, Santa naughty checklist or sorry, I messed that up. Santa naughty list checks in effect. So a little plan words. See, I'm just like going through it. Uh, unlit gingerbread houses in or around airport. Uh, jingle bell noise abatement procedure in effect. That one's pretty cool. And my favorite of all time is Santa in vicinity of airport. I mean, how cool is that? Uh, there's only one that's that's pretty close to that one. It's reindeer games in vicinity of airport. <laughs> oh, that, that one might be better. Reindeer games in vicinity of airport. I like that. But the low vis ones are fun too. Pretty cool. They are. Yeah, just just a little little tidbit. Every airport has uh, makes it a little more exciting to go look at. So when I was looking at this, I looked up something on here and it said, uh, when we, I was just looking through uh, Google right now to look up some of my favorite ones. And it says on here that somebody posted in pilots of America in 2017, they put four flight hacked question mark. And they wanted to know, they wanted to know if four flight was, was hacked because they've never seen that before. But I'm pretty sure that that four flight's been doing this a lot longer than 2017, I think since 2014 or something. But yeah, four flight hack question mark because they wanted to know if that was real or if that actually happened. Well, yeah, if I woke up and went to go check the weather and saw caution heavy Santa sleigh wake, um, I would also wonder the same thing for the first time. <laughs> well, uh, but now nobody's going to have to know that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So consider this your advisory that uh, four flight is not being hacked every Christmas. But there is actually a uh, one more pretty cool thing that that happens in aviation, um, and it's the NORAD Santa tracker. Brandon, do you want to give a little bit of background on that part? Absolutely. This happens to be one of my favorite things ever. And if you have kids, um, if they're anywhere from, I don't know, two to, I don't care, 20, 
Um, you should show them this. It's really cool. Actually, I don't care if they're they're 80 years old. You should still show them it. It's pretty rad. Um, I'm a big fan of Christmas, obviously, and I absolutely love this NORAD tracker. So if anybody doesn't know what NORAD is, NORAD uh, basically tracks um, all the aircraft in or around the United States uh, before they uh, they only track outside of the United States before 9-11. Now they track inside and outside of the United States. But they've got this thing called NORADSanta.org, and I highly suggest you go to it. You can pull it up on your phone. I think you can even pull up a app on it. I don't have the app installed right now because I don't use it that much. Uh, but yeah, the NORADSanta.org uh, dot, slash EN for English. Uh, and they've got different languages on there too. But literally, it has a tracker countdown. And right now, as we're recording this, so you can figure out what time we're recording, it's three days, 12 hours, 21 minutes, and 14 seconds and counting down until the Santa tracker is active. And this tracks Santa leaving the North Pole for 24 hours going all the way back to the North Pole and it tells you exactly where he's at. Um, it tracks his sleigh. It tells you updates on his sleigh. Um, tells you how many packages he's dropped off already, how many children he's visited. It's pretty awesome. Uh, Austin loves seeing this every year. Even now he's older and, and, uh, and he doesn't believe in Santa, so he's not getting anything. Obviously, Santa's not going to bring him anything if he doesn't believe anymore. So if you believe, you will receive. That's what I always say. Um, and uh, Santa... He just put him on the naughty list. I can't believe that. He's been a pretty good kid all year. And all he had to do is believe. I still believe. That's why I have gifts uh, from Santa every year. And the milk and cookies Santa gets put out every year. They're some of my favorite, Carson. I can imagine they are. Um, do you know the story about how NORAD Santa Tracker started? No, actually, I don't know it. I just found it one, one day, like so many, many years ago. Before I even flew, I found it. And I loved it. I was like, what? Norwich tracking Santa Austin look at this I found it when he was a little kid it was pretty cool I, I gotta I gotta share the the way that this this started um and this is directly from the Air Force's website so I'll just I'll start reading so it's official it's official this is the this is how it started um I saw it on Instagram a couple days ago and I fact-checked it uh directly from Air Force's website so like many origin stories, NORAD's mission to track Santa began by accident. In 1955, a young child trying to reach Santa dialed the misprinted phone number from a department store ad in the local newspaper. And instead of calling Santa, the child called the Continental Air Defense Command Operations Center in Colorado Springs. And Air Force Colonel, um, the commander on duty who answered the kid's phone call, was he quickly realized it was a mistake and assured the kid that he was Santa. And after more incoming calls, he assigned a duty officer to continue answering calls. And that's how the tradition was born. So this has been um, pretty much like the biggest outreach for the Department of Defense. Um, it's NORAD Santa Tracker. I think it's awesome. Yeah, uh, so it started by accident. Well, with all that being said, uh, I hope everybody has a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, or whatever holidays you're celebrating uh, this year. Uh, we appreciate everybody who's listening uh, to the podcast as always. And uh, I hope everyone has a great rest of the holiday season. I know we're going to have a few more episodes out next week. Uh, maybe we can even have a live episode, Carson. What do you think of that? While I'm in Florida, we can do a live coast to coast episode. What do you think? That'd be fun. Let's do it. I'm always down for more, more episodes and uh, especially fun ones like that. Yeah, fun ones. I mean, by the way, this wasn't what we were planning on recording today, everybody. Um, we had something that was that was interesting but it had nothing to do with santa claus and i was like we need to have santa claus involved today he's coming in like five days carson like 
Why would we even not talk about this? We had to. You will be here. Um, you're, you're totally right. And remember, everyone, you have to believe to receive. So don't forget always, that. Always remember. Well, if you liked uh, if you liked today's episode and you would like to uh, reach out to either one of us, or if you want to talk about sponsorship opportunities, I know that we've talked to somebody earlier today, and we're we're going to be uh, talking about that sooner rather than later. Uh, please reach out to us. Um, our emails are for me. It's Brandon at AviationMentors.com. It's for Carson. It's Carson at AviationMentors.com. And also, don't forget to hit that follow or like button or both if you can. Um, and also share. I mean, sharing these uh, these episodes really, really help us out on whatever streaming platform you listen to us on. It's a huge part about helping us grow the podcast and even more importantly, helping our, us grow the aviation community that we care so much about. Yeah, uh, it's huge for us. And on social media in a couple of days, we'll be releasing some of the really cool goals and milestones that we hit this year. As a wrap up for the day, remember, we're here to guide your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas.